something that you would. Gentlemen, we're live. Gentlemen and a lady and we lady, have here, David. David please watch your language. Oh my gosh! You know, once you get this voice of God, you start thinking like you can, You're you know, say people. whatever you want to say. But anyways, today today's guest is a special guest. We got Governor Ron DeSantis's press secretary. Christina Peshaw here with us. Thank you for making the time for being here. And thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, so, I, you know, I was, I was uh, uh, you know, we have a lot of conversations with different people when they talk about well, who's going to be running for 2024. And obviously, Ron DeSantis is in the conversation all the time. Everyone's talking about it. But uh, there, there's also this, the poll came out from, you, from CNN, the guy that was doing the poll saying Elizabeth, eight yeah. out of ten voters don't know who Ron DeSantis no, is. No, know who he is. Who, they know who he is, but yeah. 11% was him for voting. 54% was Trump with the lead. Yeah, so maybe CPAC well, had it at, yeah. I think, 21% DeSantis, 55% for Trump. So we would like to take a different route today with your help to get the audience to learn a little bit more uh, about uh, Ron DeSantis. Uh, we are here because of the great job he's done for the great state of Florida. Uh, when we were living in Texas, he was living in Miami. He moved to Texas to be with us for a year and a half. He lived right by Addison Beach, uh, which it doesn't exist, but you know, to him, uh, his uh, nightlife was... It's South Beach and then Addison Beach. Addison Beach, Dallas. fantastic. Right for those people that are from Addison, you know where Addison Beach is, right by uh, Yard House was your place for Sick. the weekend. Yard House, great. Fantastic place. Uh, but uh, we moved from there to Florida, and we've loved it. A lot of it has to do with, obviously, what Governor DeSantis does. We were looking between L.A., going to Newport. I know you're from Malibu. The other part was we were looking at Greenwich. We were looking at Nashville. We were looking at Tampa. We chose Fort Lauderdale, and mm -hmm. uh, again, because of his leadership during times of turmoil, well, can uh, I, can I interject real quick? You yes. were, it's funny how the governorships played out, the gubernatorial situations. You were considering... California, yeah. Newsom, right? New York, Cuomo, and then Florida, DeSantis. So just interesting how things have played out. This was in 2020 before yeah. all the, yeah. the the recall and you, you know, got to realize down. Nashville is also yeah. on the list. The only thing with Nashville is the lifestyle is not the lifestyle of here. The great mm -hmm. thing about Florida is if California and Texas had a baby, it'd be Florida. Yeah. You got the lifestyle plus the taxes and the regulations, so it's a good situation. Anyways. Let's get into uh, 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 you know your background. How did you and Governor DeSantis get hooked up to be the press secretary? How does that work out? Well, first, I want to take a step back and talk about you know your intro. It was interesting. You know, you bring up these polls about twenty twenty four first off, and I know you know that that narrative has been out there for quite a while. But I just want to say, Governor DeSantis has never said anything about 2024. I mean, this is kind of, um, you know, it's a narrative that's out there. Whenever he's been asked directly, he always emphasizes what we know to be true. He's running in 2022. He's running this November mm -hmm. for re-election as governor. Right. And obviously, as you said, I mean, he's done a great job for our state. So um, while it's nice to hear some people want him to be president, that's not really on his radar. He's focused on our state, focused on Florida and keeping Florida free. Um, so that's actually segues into how I got the position that I'm in now. So um, about a year ago, I had just come back from working in Eastern Europe. I was a political consultant over there, and I was looking for something new to do. During COVID and everything, international travel became very difficult. And with the political situation in the USA changing so rapidly after the election last year, I mean, sorry, in 2020, I... Um, started thinking I should get back to my roots. I mean, I've always been a conservative. I've always been a Republican, and I want to work for a conservative leader here. 
DeSantis was somebody I'd been watching really since the beginning of COVID because I liked the way he was handling things. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we're going to go into that today. But essentially, that was it. So I wrote a couple of articles, um, published them in a conservative magazine early last year. And um, long story short, that's what got me on the radar of the DeSantis team. And I was invited for an interview, and it turned out that the timing worked out really well. And also, I think just the fact that, you know, most of the folks in our office are from Florida, as Governor DeSantis is, a Florida native. But sometimes I think somebody who has lived in in California and in Washington, D.C., where I was before here, um, just brings a bit of a different perspective, meaning, like, I came from these very liberal areas, and I saw the pitfalls of the government's there, and particularly during the lockdowns and during the last couple of years when crime has really risen. So I guess I speak from that perspective as somebody who has that experience and really appreciates what we have in Florida because it's such a contrast to like yeah. where I came from. That's interesting. And by the way, this is uh, somebody who's, you, you said Eastern Europe, is that Ukraine? What, what? Your specialty is Ukraine, because we're going to talk about Ukraine today. Yeah, yeah. no, I've worked in Ukraine. last year, um, In 2020, I was working in Georgia, the country, yep. um, for a while. And there's a pretty similar situation to Ukraine there. Make, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, it, you know, it's, uh, uh, by the way, topics-wise, we got, obviously, uh, Governor DeSantis' criticism. We'll cover that with you. Uh, Florida, we're going to talk about Ukraine, Trump, Saki, and a couple other things uh, uh, about Florida. But you said something. You said... Um, the fact that uh, the polls we read, and you said, you know, he's not running for president. He's never said he's running for president. He's running for 2022. Mm-hmm. But he's also never said he wouldn't run for president in 2024. So it's kind of like this the first time Tom Brady, like I'll give you an example. Tom Brady is uh, just lost to uh, who they lose to. They lost to uh, uh, the Rams. The Rams they lost to. Matt Stafford came back and, you know, won the game, and we thought he was going to win it. But this is the first time I've heard Brady talk about uh, retirement in a very weird way. You know, he's not talking retirement like flat out. Oh, I'm coming back next season. Have you noticed he's not said definitive? I need to consult with my family. It's the first time he's ever been yeah. waffling a little yeah. bit. He's not definitive. So mm-hmm. I feel like the reason why there's all this chitter-chatter about uh, uh, Ron DeSantis because he's not definitive. His answer has not been, I'm telling you, I'm not running. His answer is right now my focus is on being a governor of the state of Florida. That's what Florida needs for us. You know, What would you say to that? I mean, I would say three years is an eternity in politics. Like, that's a long ways away. It's never really been asked or expected of any politician to tell you what they're going to be doing in three years, you know. And he's being held to, uh, by the media, I think they're they're intimidated by him in many ways. We're going to get to all this criticism sure. and stuff. But I think he's he's almost being held to being elevated by them and being held mm-hmm. to that kind of standard that most politicians are not held to. So I would just say, yeah, three years is a long time in politics, but mm-hmm. he has not said anything about running in 2024. Um, I think it's wishful thinking among a lot of conservatives because obviously, you know, looking at what he's done in Florida, a lot of people want that for their states, and that's great. Um, but we are focused on, you know, getting him reelected here. Yeah, yeah there, there is one guy, I don't know. He lives somewhere in Palm Beach that I don't think he has wishful thinking about DeSantis running. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. He's uh, He's been around the block What's his name? Bit, you, yeah. you, you know, a good friend of yours, uh, President Trump. Donald Trump, yeah, who that, lives that, at Mar-a-Lago, which it seems like there's some uh, uh, back and forth going on right now with the conversations between the two of them. The media, you know, obviously needs stories to build up. We know that that's, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that's you know, what it is. But, but, but also at the same time, you know, Trump just came up straight out and he said... Uh, there are some governors out there when they're asked about boosters, they're not given the real answer. Even though they took the booster, they took vaccine, they don't want to give the answers. I gave the answer 
about the booster, and it was kind of, you know, insinuating maybe that's Governor DeSantis because the interview with DeSantis when he was asked about the booster, it wasn't a direct answer. You don't see any friction going on between Trump and DeSantis today? No, I think, you know, look at Trump's last appearance on Hannity. He gave the exclusive interview to Hannity. Hannity asked directly about yeah. this. You know, Hannity's on very good terms with both Trump and DeSantis who, by the way, are on good terms with each other. President Trump confirmed that. He said, look, you know, we're good friends. We supported each other. Um, he's a great governor of Florida. And, you know, basically all this narrative of, like, friction and tension and all of that, it's, like, great fodder for the media because mm -hmm. it gets clicks, and that's really what they're all about, getting the clicks and driving the traffic. And what better way to do that, especially during that particular week that all this came out, about two weeks ago now, mm -hmm. it started. Mm -hmm. That was when Biden's agenda was like crashing and burning. It yeah. was when it became clear that their voting legislation is not going to pass. Their Build Back Better is kind of dead on arrival. Mansion and Cinema, you know, the two Democratic senators that defected. So it was like all these big priorities that Biden had. Oh, the Supreme Court ruled against the OSHA vaccine mandate. So these were like failure after failure for the Biden administration on a huge scale. So what better way for the media? That's pro Biden to deflect. I think it was a deflection from all that. of these. I mean, I don't know about that. And the reason why I say I don't know about that, I, I have dinner with some very, uh, you know, people who have who have done well for themselves, and they follow politics very closely. And there is major tension amongst people who want Trump to become the president again. Because you know, look, let's face it, nobody's bragging about Biden right now. I mean, nobody. When MSNBC and CNN are sitting there saying how this is terrible, I mean, you know things are bad when they're saying it's terrible. What's worse than terrible? So no one's talking about Biden right now. Biden, we'll cover a couple things with Biden. But I do see that, the, you know, the, the biggest concern that comes up is you look at the stage for debate and you sit there and you say, okay, I don't know if it's a good look if Trump and DeSantis is up there because they're both extremely competitive. Just an FYI for people who don't know who DeSantis is. Here's his background. I don't think a lot of people know. This Governor DeSantis graduated with honors from Yale University. By the way, this is not uh, one of those things that some people say that they graduate with honors and then you realize they were at the bottom of the class. This guy should graduate with honors at the top of his class. We know another person who claims that. Captain of Yale's varsity baseball team. As a senior in 2001, he had the team's best batting uh, average at 336. Graduated with honors from Harvard Law School. Uh, as if Yale is not enough, while at Harvard, earned a commission in the U.S. Navy as a JAG officer, supported operations at the Terrorist Detention Center of Guantanamo Bay. After active duty, served as federal prosecutor where he t uh, targeted and convicted child predators. He still serves in the U.S. Navy Reserve. And Casey DeSantis, his wife, is an Emmy Award-winning tele television host, and DeSantis spent a year as a history teacher at Darlington School. What else does this man do? <laughs> I mean, is this... What else does he do? I mean, yeah, obviously his background is incredibly impressive. Yeah. He's an impressive leader. And I think his background shows that. And I think what we see in Florida and his accomplishments, it proves that. But, you know, this whole idea of, like, a competition between him and Trump, how would they be competing? I mean... President Trump isn't running for governor of Florida. He's uh, He's been supportive since, really, since day one when Governor DeSantis decided to run. And, um, you know, there's no... There's no reason for them to be competing. It's all, like I said, it's all kind of, like you said, people are speculating about it, but that's all it is. It's speculation, mm -hmm. and it's it's driven by the media, maybe not entirely yeah. 
Um, maybe it's some people's personal opinions, but you know, I can't really comment you, on you that. You know how they say 50% of jokes are true? You ever heard that thing like somebody jokes with you and you're like, wait, was that it's a joke? It's funny because it's true. Yeah, yeah it's funny because it's true. I think 50% of speculations are also, I think this is one of those speculations where I think it's, I mean, Trump just said on October 3rd, 2021, which is what, a few months ago, if I faced him, I'd beat him like I would beat everyone else. I think most people would drop out. I think he would also drop out. If I'm DeSantis, okay, and his resume graduated from Yale with the honors, competitive, you captain a Yale varsity team, competitive. As a senior in 2001, batting average of 336, competitive. Graduated with honors at Harvard Law School, competitive. While at Harvard, he earns a commission, competitive. Supported terrorism, comp everything about this. I think he was also a, a Navy SEAL. I think he, we he left was a that commander out. for a Navy okay. SEAL unit is what he was. Yeah. Some of these things we were unaware of. Dude, we're like, what? what? He did this, he did but that. Here's he the thing. Just like, yesterday, we're sitting yeah. and we're talking about, like, do you guys know? And, and everybody's like, what? What are you talking about? He was also, I think, casted in the movie Mission Impossible. That one is speculation on the other half, right? But here's the point. Here's the point. I know competitive people. If I faced him, I'd beat him like I would beat everyone else. I think most people would drop out. I think he would drop out. I think in that moment when that was said, DeSantis's phone probably just went ding, 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 right? All these things are coming to him. And DeSantis, with all these credentials, is not going to sit there and say, what a sweetheart of a guy to say something like that about me. I don't know if I, you know what I'm saying? Am I losing? You're saying his competitive juice is my Oh, my God. I think he's probably sitting there saying, if I faced you, I would beat you. I think that's what he'd be thinking. From a timing standpoint, let me, let, let, you said something that I actually totally agreed with, and I just kind of want to push this back to you. You said, you know, it's speculation, and, you know, three years is a long time away. And he brought up the Tom Brady analogy, so I'm going to throw a sports analogy your way. You tell me if I'm right, I'm wrong, and then you, you respond. You know, Bill Belichick would always say, like, listen, we're just focused on the next game. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not looking down the road. I, I know we're playing, uh, you know, the Rams two weeks from now. But right now we got the Bills coming up next week, so I'm going to focus. So clearly DeSantis, you know, in November, 10 months from now, he's got an election coming up. He, this, The people of Florida will either reelect DeSantis. I probably think they will go for him or they're going to choose something else. So clearly the next game up is running for governor. But once he wins that. And it becomes apparent, like, all right, this guy's he's in here. I think the fodder will only get deeper. Like, people started talking about midterms the day Joe Biden was elected. So, like, two years is down the road. I get it. But next thing you know, holy shit, it's 2022. Yeah. We're in January. And midterms are literally coming up. And he's getting, uh, you know, he's getting, coming for election. So, I guess, do you understand the fodder, especially when it will pick up after he gets reelected? Look, I absolutely understand. I just feel that it's overblown because, like, I'm working in the office in Tallahassee in the Capitol, right? And I work with Governor DeSantis, and I see what he's doing every day. It's like, you know, I'm telling you about November, but even yeah. sometimes thinking to next week is crazy because different, right. like, momentous things happen every day in a huge state like Florida with 22 million people and growing, um, you know, with the COVID pandemic and with all the challenges that we face with the economy, there are so many different crises and different issues that he has to manage just on a day to day. Right. Like that, even thinking 10 months from now, even thinking about November, that isn't even his top priority. Of course, like he wants to get reelected, but the best way to get reelected is to do a good job as governor, do a good Absolutely. job in the job that you're doing. Yeah. And I believe that's what he is focused on. So like when you're saying his, his phone might be blowing up with like I'm sure people speculate, I mean, maybe, maybe not, I don't know, but, um, but that just isn't his focus. What he's focused on is, is what he's doing for our state, which is an extremely demanding job and takes up a lot of time.
Yeah, I I don't disagree. Like you know, even if you look at 2018, uh, Florida Gober, uh you know the the election that took place for the governor, you had Ron DeSantis got four four million seventy six thousand votes, mm-hmm. and you got Andrew Gillum that got four million forty three thousand votes. Wasn't a run like that was a close race that took it place. Was. Yeah, very close. So how do you feel? Can you scroll the, to the see what Florida looks like by the way, just from a color standpoint. Wow. Okay, and Florida would have been drastically different had. Andrew Gillum got elected. I mean, he was he was almost like a Gavin Newsom of California. This was obviously before COVID hit, and and, and mm-hmm. everything would have been different. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Uh, people love Florida because of what DeSantis did with COVID. That was his moment to shine. Yeah. Imagine if Andrew Gillum had been elected, we would be another California or, or New York. It would be one hundred one eighty. But you know, when when you make that point, so here's what it comes down to. Okay, there is a uh, there's a you said twenty two million. There's mm-hmm. twenty two million people that don't want him to run for president. They just don't. You, you know what I'm saying? They want him to say, why would you run for president? Just relax. Governor's great. It's one of the biggest economies in the world. Why would you want to be president? Just stay chill. And the people who are saying that are the people who live in Florida because they love this guy, right? Minus the few people that would like more masks on top of masks and would like, you know, mandates on top of mandates. But for the most part, people love Florida. I mean, even AOC loves Florida, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> AOC, Eric Swalwell, yeah. Gretchen Whitmer, Governor of Michigan, God. like all these lockdown like politicians yeah. are coming here on vacation. Who can blame them? Yeah, who can blame <laughs> them? I mean, I think AOC is smart for the, dis- for the one decision of coming to Florida right, yeah. for vacation. It's a very good move on her end. But there, there is a community here that doesn't want to. Now, for the other 310 million people who don't live here, a big majority of those guys are hoping this guy throws his name in the hat and he goes out there and competes. So whether that's going to happen or not, I have a feeling you're going to stick to your, you know, your, your, your script of he's not going to run, he's going to run for governor. But let's, let's talk about who he's going to be facing next. How about that? Let's talk about who he's going to be facing next. So we have a story here. We have a story here who uh, uh, somebody who didn't say nice things about uh, Governor DeSantis. What what page is that story on, by the way? You're talking Kyle. about Nikki Fried? Yeah, Nikki Fried. Yeah, is it two. page two? Okay, let's go through. Uh, 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 there you go, page two. Okay, so uh, uh, DeSantis' Democrat challenger compares him to Hitler in a lot of ways. This is Yahoo News story. Florida Agriculture Commission Democratic gubernatorial candidate Nikki Fried sat down for an interview Friday and compared Florida Governor uh, Ron DeSantis to Nazi leader Adolf Hitler, instead of uh, listening and trying to govern with the people, he is trying to govern over people. And you know that, I'm sorry, I'm a student of history too. I saw the rise of Hitler, freed 42, told podcast co-host Melissa Ross on Florida's public radio on Friday regarding Florida's uh, governor DeSantis. When Ron asked Freed if she was making a direct comparison between DeSantis and Hitler, the agriculture cl- criminal said, in a lot of ways, yes, I've studied Hitler and how he got to power, you know, wanting his own uh, militia. Freed explained, referencing DeSantis' move to reestablish a state guard with 22 other states, also utilized in case of emergency. The reason why this governor wants it is different than the other states that have been utilizing it for emergency purposes. The governor is doing it for the sole purpose of power and doing so makes fear and blaming certain parts of society and culture. And that's exactly what Hitler did to the Jews back in World War II. So when you hear comments like this being said, and then your comments back in this article is, Nikki Fried's claim that Governor DeSantis is a modern day Hitler is as offensive as it is absurd. With the hysterical comparison, Fried not only smears millions of Floridians as Nazis, but also trivializes Hitler's crime against humanity. What do you have to say about Nikki Fried as a competitor, as an opponent? 
Look, I mean, she's not serious. Anyone who could say something like that, number one, she's 44 years old. She didn't see the rise of Hitler. And it's offensive because actually there are some people in Florida who are Holocaust survivors, who did see the rise of Hitler, who did experience these atrocities that she and I and us, we cannot imagine that. And so when she comes out and tries to compare our governor to Hitler, it just, it's sick. It's offensive. Um, a number of Jewish organizations came out and explained why it's offensive. Um, I kind of touched on it in my quote, but like at the end of the day, that is an inappropriate comparison. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, whether you, you can disagree with somebody without taking that step, particularly because like the way she explains it about the state guard, um, as the reporter said to her, 22 other states have this, California has it, New York has it, states where there are natural disasters um, that are very prone to natural disasters like Florida can really benefit from it because essentially it just helps with the National Guard. Um, right now, Florida National Guard is deployed to Ukraine, mm -hmm. of all places. They're called up on a federal mission because National Guard can also, like, they're actually on federal missions more than they're on state missions. So in a state like Florida, where we get hurricanes and we get natural disasters, we could use that extra force, that extra team of volunteers who are trained to respond to emergencies. And to compare that to the Gestapo, I mean, that is sick. It's offensive to people who actually went through it. And it's offensive to those who are just trying to help their state today. You know, so I, I don't think people take Nikki Fried very seriously, particularly after this. Um, but it is just just very sad that this is the level of political debate that we're having. Adam, what do you think about that? I mean, as a Floridian yourself, you hear a comment like that taking place from somebody who's going up against uh, 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 DeSantis. Mm -hmm. And by the way, this is a, somebody that's pro-concealed uh, uh, weapon. Like, she's okay with you. So she's got some interesting beliefs. First woman to be elected as a Florida Commissioner of Agriculture, pro-concealed carry and pro-medical marijuana, referred to Governor DeSantis as Hitler, obviously, only Democrat to win a statewide office in 2018 elections, one of 17 speakers to jointly deliver keynote as Democratic National Commission, the DNC, graduated from University of Florida, master's in political campaigning, supports voting rights for felons, excluding murderers and sex offenders. What do you think about when you hear somebody like this make a comment like this? I don't know much about Nikki Fried. I think she did graduate from University of Florida, and she's a few years older than us. But here's what I'll say about the, the Hitler thing. Uh, and full disclosure, I had, I'm Jewish. I had my grandparents, family, cousins. They died in, in Nazi Germany. You said it trivializes exactly what he did. Now, it does one of two things, for me at least. Any person with common sense, I'm not even talking Republican, Democrat, just common sense is going to look at this and be like, what the are you talking about here? Like, do you understand how stupid this makes you look? And just like, because Ron DeSantis might have more conservative values, he's now he's fucking Hitler? What are we talking about here? Um, but then, so anyone with common sense is just like, whatever. But then there's going to be people who listen to this and maybe don't follow the news or follow media. And they're like, no, he's, he's, he's a Hitler. Yeah. And, and they go down this rabbit hole of just absurdity and then this begins to pick up fodder. So we've seen it happen. Like it, people used to say, like, you know, what George Bush? He's he's kind of like Hitler. Oh, that's Mitt Romney. You got he's you know he's like a Hitler. Uh, Trump, you know, and and just like, okay, enough's enough with with the Hitler thing. So for you as the press secretary, your job is to defend Ron DeSantis. Are there certain things that you're just like, listen, I just like just. This is retarded. This is, I don't want to say that word, but like, this is so absurd that I don't even want to answer this. 
Or is it like, no, it's my job. I actually have to rebuttal such a ridiculous comment. How does that work I for mean, your that's job? how I see it. It is my job, but it really depends on the source, right? So if it's just a random person tweeting some nonsense about the governor, I'm not going to elevate it or give it attention. Right. But if it's a statewide official, which Nikki Freed is, or if mm -hmm. it's a major media outlet like the Associated Press, uh, you know, no matter how absurd or ridiculous the line of you attack is, it. I do have to address it. I mean, that is my job. Unfortunately, you know, I like I said, I wish we were talking more about substantive issues versus mm -hmm. this kind of crazy rhetoric. But, you know, she brought it to that point. So uh, we had to respond. And I mm -hmm. think, like I said, there are a lot of folks like you in Florida who have relatives, who have ancestors, who actually experienced these crimes in Nazi Germany, mm -hmm. who were victims of Hitler. And so to be talking like this for her, it's just, it's it's really inappropriate. I and, mean. and who is she in the context of the state of Florida? What, what does she do exactly? So she's the agriculture commissioner, okay. but that's a really big position in Florida. It not only includes agriculture, which we're a big agricultural state, but yeah. also it includes issuing permits for concealed carry weapons. It includes um, consumer services, so like reports of fraud. Her office handles mm -hmm. a lot of stuff related to that. So it's a pretty big position. Unfortunately, though, you know, since she's been elected, she's been campaigning for governor, basically. She's been using her office instead of actually doing her job to help agriculture thrive and to issue these permits. She is just tweeting about Governor DeSantis all day. And well, she's attacking, him, you know, the, the, yeah. the guy at the job. Who, right. in your mind, is the most likely candidate or candidates to face off with Ron DeSantis in uh, November? Well, there's is it Charlie Crist? Is he running again, potentially? Yeah, because right yeah. now, you look in yeah. some of the polls, the reason why we brought her up, she just right. passed up Charlie Crist. Oh, did she? Yeah, I mean, fundraising, a lot of uh, polls has her ahead of him. Some have him over her. But uh, uh, what is really the biggest difference between him or Charlie Crist? I mean, Charlie Crist was governor already. Right. And in he was 90s. a Republican yeah. when he was governor in the But then he, turned, and he became a senator. And, he, yeah. and he's a... Uh, He's as swampy as it gets in Florida. I mean, right. He's been back, forth, left, right, up, down. Yeah. Governor, senator, you know. He's been independent, Republican, Democrat. Yeah. And so I think that's the big difference. I mean, that he is... So Nikki's younger. She's always been a Democrat. You know, maybe some Democrats would trust her more because of that, mm -hmm. um, that she hasn't been a party switcher. Charlie Crist has been all over the place. And I think what's really offensive about Charlie Crist, I mean, there's many things, but one is in 2019... He visited communist Cuba, took pictures with the communist regime there, like with officials there. And that was online as basically pro-government propaganda websites in Cuba are showing this as though Charlie Crist supports them. And I know he was, well, he said that he was just trying to build the diplomatic relationship. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of Cuban-Americans in Florida, so he thought, you know, this would be a good idea. But I think it's, it's very offensive because the Cuban-Americans here, they escape from that for a reason. And they don't want to, like, see an American politician who wants to represent them legitimizing this regime. Who it's a brutal there, regime. But who sits there and tells you it's a good idea to do that? And, and by the way, you're representing Florida. Like, I'm curious to know who the marketing person is to say, hey, Charlie, we should go to Florida and take, you know, we should, we go, should to go to Cuba. Cuba and take a picture. What are you thinking about? I mean, look, I'm glad I'm not his press secretary because I could not make excuses for that. I could not spin that. Yeah. I mean, that's just sickening. And Governor DeSantis has always been, you know, a huge supporter of freedom in Cuba. And that's why I think, you know, he does have a lot of support among that community. And they can see he's not a dictator. So these comparisons, like like Chris actually, after Nikki Free compared him to Hitler, Chris hit back. He's actually more like Castro. Come on, 
you're going to call Governor DeSantis Castro, but you're hanging out yeah. with but Castro. Let's, but let's define that, though. Let's define that, though. Okay, so what, what is Castro? What is Hitler? The word that comes to my mind is force, right? That's what force is. Isn't that the real... Uh, uh, MO of those extreme, two. It, but the, it, the most extreme yeah. type of force. But, 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 but let's possibly unpack imagine, what, yeah. So, what is the definition of dictatorship? Can you pull up, Tyler, the definition of dictatorship? Hopefully, it hasn't changed to a sweetheart of a person who loves their people, and hopefully, they've kept the definition. Uh, uh, all right, let's see. What is the definition of dictator? 40 years of dictator. No, I want to know the definition of dictatorship. Type in uh, dictatorship is a form of character as a single leader or group of leaders that hold government power. Promise to the people and little or no toleration for political pluralism or independent media. Okay, but so can you go back to the images real quick that you just had? I thought I saw something that is that George Bush and Obama yes. as <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about here is when you use such rhetoric yeah. for people that are actually decent. You lose your, your argument. Yeah, but right. you're right. So the moment you drop that word Hitler, you lose credibility with me. The moment you drop that word and on both being, sides, by the exactly, way. Exactly, and it's being used. Totally fine. But let me go back to this whole thing mm-hmm. with calling him the dictator. When you think about the word dictator, what word do you think about? I, I'll give you a couple words I got. You said one of them. I said force. You said what? You said... Uh, um, I think of death. But what do you think about when you think about the word dictator? What do you think about? Words, specific words. Control. Control. Okay, I agree. Totalitarian. Totalitarian. So let's say force and control, okay? All right. So tell me what is force and control. Is force forcing everyone to take the vaccine, is that force? Mandates. So isn't that a form of mandate? So if Nikki really needs to redefine what she means by that to understand. Now, she went through the military side, seeing like 22 different states. I understand what part she's going to. But Florida, as much crap as people talk about Florida— the NBA playoffs was in Florida. The okay. bubble. The, the bubble. Super, yeah. Bowl. Super Bowl, Florida. A uh, bunch of UFC, bunch of comedians. Mm-hmm. Comedians are moving Jake to Florida. Jake Ball, Tampa, fights. Jake, yeah, I mean, if you look yeah. at how many different... If, if Florida yeah. sucks as bad as it does, why do you keep doing events in Florida? Why don't you go to different places? Why is it that the number... You know what's the number one city in America for conventions? You Vegas. know what's the number one... It, Orlando. Orlando's Orlando. number one in America. Most people think it's Vegas. Believe it or not, Orlando's number one. Did you know that or no? I got to go to Orlando tomorrow. I'm in Orlando, in, two, go, I'm in Orlando <laughs> in two weeks for a convention. Orlando's number one yeah. for convention. So when you drop names like words like that, you got to be very careful because you lose credibility with the people in the middle that are somewhat reasonable. Well, what you're basically saying is like, okay, on the surface, it's ridiculous. Like the Hitler comments, yeah. the dictator comments. Yeah. But then when you actually unpack it and really start throwing definitions out there and being like, okay, what is actually freedom? It's like, well, like Gerard always says, oh, free state of Florida. Love yeah. it. Free state yeah. of Florida. And then it just compels your argument even further. Right. I mean, what kind of dictator tells parents you get to choose if your kid wears a mask or gets a vaccine yeah. or not? Whereas in other states, the governor mandates one way like that has to be done with no exceptions or like they let local governments mandate it. And Governor DeSantis just said, no, everyone gets to assess their own risk, make the right decisions for their kids. Everyone is different, you know, and and that's the opposite of what a real dictator would do. Choice. Uh, Yeah, exactly. The opposite of choice. choice. But by the way, uh, very serious question. I'd love to hear a serious answer from you. Does does Jen Psaki ever call you? Does she ever call you and say, (laughs) does you guys ever talk at all or no? We don't. I mean, like I, I know that she's kind of, 
not mentioned me by name, but she's alluded to some of the stuff I've said. Like during her press conferences, she will kind of throw shade at us. Um, she likes hating on Florida. But I think lot, I know why, though. I think why? I know why. Can I make my speculation? This sure. is pure speculation. So remember, 50-50 rule, we're following with the speculation. Uh, I don't know how much you work every day. I think you probably work 30 minutes a day. You, and let me explain to you why. I think Jen Psaki's jealous of you. Because Jen Psaki is probably working 24 hours a day having to fix everything Biden does 24-7. I think for you, your job is easy. DeSantis gets up on camera, you're like, okay, that makes sense. All right, this makes right, sense. Right. You know, so I feel like your job is a pretty that easy is, job today. That's on point. Yeah. I mean, look. He, and I mean in the most respectful way. I don't mean yeah. it in a... Well, no, I, I get what you mean because he yeah. says what he means. He, he yeah. fact checks everything that he says before he says it. So I don't have to play cleanup yeah. like Jen mm -hmm. does yeah. with, with President Biden. But also, you know, my job is harder in one way which is the media. The media, I mean, most mainstream media is totally against DeSantis and they're totally pro-Biden. It's There are exceptions, of course, but I think, so our jobs are easy and difficult, but for different reasons. Are you saying the local media or the national media? Local media is much more fair in Florida because well, yeah. I think they, they know what's going on here. They live here, right? And they have access sure. to the governor. They can ask him questions and everything. So so they've mm -hmm. treated us more fairly. The national media yeah. has its own, totally own agenda. And and they try to, they go out of their way to cover for Biden. But I they, they have to. Even. They have to do that yeah. because but, when... But by the way, to be fair to her, how much she's working and Saki, I don't think Saki's working any harder than Sean Spicer had to work or Sarah Huckabee Sanders or Caitlin McEnany. Very tough jobs defending yeah. Trump and Biden. Just no, be, full disclosure. There's no question about it. Okay. Kelly Scaramucci lasted like eight days and then <laughs> seven and days. Then, okay, and then like Hanukkah <laughs> came up and he had to go. Yeah, but and by the way, that's why I have so much respect for Kellyanne Conway. I think Kelly, you know who Kellyanne Conway is? Maybe Kellyanne Conway is Trump's Dennis Rodman, okay? <laughs> she has to do the she's dirty job. She has, she's got the hair. Dude, she's yeah. elbowing people. She's got to go dirty in work. there and get dirty. It's like, Michael, you just go, I got you, man. Don't worry about it. I got you. And, you know, he goes out there and does what he does. Are but. you a fan of Kellyanne Conway? Who are you a yeah. fan of? Because you said you're a conservative. You're, you're a female. You know, you're blonde like Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. But yeah. is there somebody in the press secretary world or spokesman world for politicians? You're like... Kellyanne Conway, that's my girl, or you know, Saki, or anyone. Is who who is your role models in this in this uh, in your job? Honestly, I I like Kellyanne. I think she did a great job. I think Kaylee McEnany did a fantastic job. I, I love that she yeah. was, you know, polite but firm with the press, and she always had the facts on her side. Like you you can't just like hit back at the press by calling them names. You have to have the facts, and so that's what I liked about her. Um, Sarah Sanders was also really good. So, you know, there's a lot of folks that I think are, are good spokespeople. Saki is a good spokesperson. I don't agree with her on anything, but she can spin. And her job is hard because, like, remember last week, Biden said that a minor incursion of Russia into Ukraine is is OK, basically. And she had to work to walk that back. I mean, that's, I that's a tough job. I totally agree. I actually think I'm t I think as ability wise, mm -hmm. I think Jen is actually good at her job. Well, like, it's what, a tough job. It's a tough job. How, how much I, leeway do you have? Meaning, does he say, look, this is the script, whether it's Trump, Biden, DeSantis, you're his mouthpiece. It's not like he's coming on and doing the PBD podcast yet, but, you know, you have to represent them. How much you say, listen, I trust you. Just do your thing. You know, we've, we've talked about this or it's like, stick to the script. This is what it is. If you screw up, we're going to come. Like, how does it work your job? 
Well, I think it's different for every politician, but with Governor DeSantis, I'm really lucky because I do get a good amount of leeway. What that means is, though, I have a high expectation of me, too, that I can't just go injecting my own opinions if it's different or like going off script and talking about stuff that has nothing to do with what he's doing as governor. Right. But I think it's helpful that I actually agree with him on everything. I don't know that I could be defending a boss that I didn't agree with. I think it would be a very difficult job in that case. But because I do agree with him, I think it's easy. Also, he's very um, active. Like he gives press conferences almost every day. He gives or like a speech or something like he speaks almost every day. And so there's just a lot of content to go off of. I know what he would say about something like all of these big issues. He's asked about it a lot. He does interviews frequently. And so like there's I just pretty much know what his responses would be. So if I can base my responses on what he has said, but I can add my own flair to it, you know, like, and I actually, I feel like I have more of an ability to hit back when there's like fake news or when there is a personal attack from Nikki Fried. If the governor hits back, it elevates that person. Mm -hmm. But me as a spokesperson, as a staff member, like I can do it and not risk that same like yeah. elevation. Yeah, you're the flag carrier. You're playing yeah. the role of a flag carrier. The Dennis Rodman, if you will. She, she is a friendly Dennis Rodman. But I'm <laughs> telling you, it, that is by far, if you ever build a team, you have to have somebody that is a little bit, you know, is willing right. to get well, in there. Well, think how much... How fire and under pressure Kellyanne Conway had to deal with and she was How, Why would you say that? I mean, Trump has to be one of the biggest sweethearts we've had as a president <laughs> in the last however long. Anyway, so, uh, you know, you, you said something and, and I want to put this back on you and maybe, uh, you know, see where you'll go with this. Do you think, um, do, so So this is not for 2024, long term. Is, is Governor DeSantis's aspirations to one day be a president? Honestly, I don't know because I've, with all the time that I've worked with him, I've never heard him say that either way. I think he would make a great president if he wanted to do that, but he's never said anything that would make me think that he's focused on anything but being the governor of Florida. Like I said, he wants to do his job the best he can every day. And it's yeah. such a, it is a big job, um, particularly with all the challenges we're facing from the federal government right now. Um, and so I think he is taking it like, I don't want to say one day at a time because he does think longer term for sure. certain things, but but um, I don't think he sits around dreaming about a higher position. I, I don't think him. he's in the Hillary Clinton camp. I think she's been dreaming it since she yeah, was 14 he's, years he's old. A different, he's a different I don't, type of person. I don't think him and Hillary have similar DNAs. No, I don't see no. that. I think he's safe to be around. Uh, but, uh, you know, in regards to the question I'm asking long term, here's where I'm going with it. I th If you're listening to this, how many of you guys listen to this think long term? You know, when he talks to Casey, by the way, how's his wife doing? His uh, 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 health, how's everything there? Well, thanks for asking. I mean, we got great news last week, actually. Um, they announced that she did her last chemo treatment. So we're really happy about that. Obviously, there's a few more things um, that she'll be doing. But the governor said a couple weeks ago he expects that this is the year, 2022 is the year, that they can finally say, like, she's cancer-free. And that's amazing. I mean, you know, she's done such a great job as first lady, and yeah. she's still, you know, even with her treatment and everything, she's still out there, and she's she's always so supportive. Yeah, I, I think sometimes we forget that this is, you know, still a human being. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, you're still going home to a family. That was, right. was going to be my question, yeah. is that we're, we're talking politics, we're talking running, we're talking, you know, races. At the end of the day, he has to go home, and he's got two kids. Three kids. Three kids, yeah, and kids. his wife is dealing with cancer. Yeah. On top of everything, just as a human, how have you seen his mental health through all the challenges he's had to deal with? 
Look, obviously, looking at his background, you can see he's a strong person. Um, he is really dedicated to his family. I think his family gives him strength, right? So, like, after the tragedy in Surfside in June, um, yeah. where the building collapsed. My family lives mm-hmm. 10 blocks away from there. Oh, yeah. wow. I'm sorry to hear. I mean, yeah. it was a terrible time. It was Crazy. It was right a month after I started working, and it was, like, the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. We're down there every day for about two weeks, and then we come back. So, like, imagine flying from Tallahassee to Miami, every morning, like getting on the plane at 6 a.m., coming down, there's always an 8 a.m. like stand-up meeting with all the emergency Mm -hmm, managers mm -hmm. and the county and everything. And so there's all of this. And most governors, I think, in that situation would have just stayed down in Miami uh, at Four Seasons in Surfside and just like been there and been working there. But he would, and he would go every day, he would do everything that they needed, like whatever he could help with, he would make it clear like he's there to help. But he would go home every night be home by like seven to be with his kids, have dinner with his wife, um, you know, and still so balancing that family with these enormous responsibilities of being the governor. I think that's given him a lot of strength. And, you know, I think um, that's one of the main reasons why he's so successful, I think, as a politician. Well, yeah, let, kudos let me, to let me him give on Pat. That. Uh, a little shot. So Pat is a family man. Pat just had his fourth kid. Congrats. Um, Thank you. He's very open about his relationship with his wife, with his kids, and he talks about his kids. And I think it makes Pat, the businessman, the entrepreneur, the capitalist, way more human. And people like Pat for his beliefs and his belief system and his values and his principles. But they're also like, Man, what a G. I wanna like I wanna be a dad like that. I wanna like what a what a guy. You know, like there's there's like the policy side and the persona side. Do you think Ron DeSantis has done a good job of the the persona side of things? Meaning clearly he's done a pretty good job on the policy side of things. Do you think he can improve being more like everything I didn't know about any of that, like the, the back and forth. Do you think he could do a better job of just being more human and being just like a dude. Like I didn't know he was a Navy SEAL when he was on the baseball team. Do you think that's something that is lacking from his, you know, luster around DeSantis, the the, the human side of him? That's interesting because I don't think it's a persona. I think this is really who he is. If it was a persona, then you would see it being marketed everywhere, you know? But Um, if you don't know about it, you kind of have to market it. So that's the thing. I think your question is more directed at me and our communications team versus like about him. Like he is who he is. Um, but if you're asking if, if his team could do a better job promoting the human side and like introducing people to his human side, maybe so. I mean, I'm always willing to improve. I am the last person to say that I'm doing my job perfectly. So that is something that I'd like to do more of. And I think the first lady has helped with that a lot. I mean, whenever she does any kind of media appearances, like she is the best person to share that side of him like this different side of him that, that most people don't see. Mm-hmm. Let, let, me, let me ask you, do you guys have a director of digital media? We do, you yeah. Do? And is that person's background like heavy, heavy experience social, like, you know, who have had videos going viral and short clips and TikTok and Facebook and all of that? Yeah, more so Twitter and Facebook. We were not so much on TikTok, um, but that might change. But yeah, that's... I could see Ronda Sanders busting a nasty whip. On, <laughs> well, on no, I will tell you though. I, you know, I, I will tell you though. The reason why I asked that question is because um, two people were very good in that area. Two people. One was uh, uh, one was uh, Obama, and the other one was Trump. 
both of them were fantastic. They knew how to get a short clip out immediately. The, mm-hmm. the, the one uh, statement where Hillary's like, yeah, because if you were in this, and then Trump says, yeah, because you'd be in jail. That thing got a few hundred million views the next day, right? And they cut the short clip out ASAP. So, you know, I just went on TikTok, and I typed in DeSantis hashtag. How many total views do you think uh, TikTok has with the hashtag DeSantis? How many total views? What do you think the numbers? Just DeSantis hashtag. 10,000. No, no, no. I mean, you, let me give you... got you, more? No, I mean... A uh, million I, views. Uh, stop. Let me just give you some comparable... Well, you got a million views. What are you talking about? If I Bingo. type in... Okay, if I type in my hashtag, it's 12 yeah. million views, okay? Wow. What do you think the word DeSantis in TikTok, hashtag, how many views I think you're have? getting at it. Whatever the number is, it should be a lot more. Okay, it's 205 million views. I don't think that's enough, okay? If I go type in Biden, okay, it should be, you know... 15 billion views is what he's got. Okay, if I go to Trump, and then, and then I want to go to governor, just so you know, you'll see where I'm going with this. Trump is 21 billion views, right? I go and watch how many t- moments DeSantis had where it was a mic drop moment, okay? There that, are a lot. There are, no, it's, it's not a, it's a lot. I mean, he's, I mean, you could have your direct of digital media be working for a month and come out with 200 short clips, and they're 15 to 30 seconds, and just put it there, and just put it there, right? On TikTok, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. And then everybody starts picking it up. Everybody starts sharing it. I think if, the reason why I was asking the question earlier, if he has aspirations of running president long-term, and your answer was, I don't have the answer to that question. I would love to see him. I don't think he's a guy that sits around talking about presidency. And I said Hillary Clinton is more aspirational from day one. I don't think he's that guy. But I will tell you, I think there comes a time where... The conversation behind closed doors is the following. This is kind of where I'm going with you. Um, Certain things have to do with momentum. You you can never uh, think momentum's always going to be around. You know, momentum is uh, uh, most of the time, like, you know how a guy dates a girl, they're like, oh, my gosh, that's a keeper right there, and he screws it up. And then 10 years later, it's like, man, I had her. But I lost her, and now she's married happily with three kids with another guy. Man, that, that could be my wife, or vice versa. Shit, I was dating him. Dude, I was a keeper. I totally ruined that relationship. Look at him now. He could have been my husband, right? We all go through this as people that we live our lives. The reason why I asked the question, why a lot of people are also uh, uh, being uh, uh, speculating about him running next, is because you can't bank on having many more opportunities like this with momentum as he has today. And and I'm going to make my case, and then you can, you know, uh, give us the answer that a proper press secretary will give without the answer that you're supposed to give, and we'll receive it. We'll receive it to the best of our abilities. But let's look through this. He was trashed a year and a half ago when COVID came. He was destroyed, okay? We're sitting there in Dallas watching the news. God, Florida's the highest, and we would go to breakers, and all of a sudden, the, I'll never forget, we went to breakers, went to a restaurant, the waiter came in, uh, folks, you have to put your masks on. Why? Because here's what just happened. And it's prime COVID. It's a year and a half ago we're talking about, like March or April, whatever it was, right? Put your masks on. Put Because Palm Beach County did this. Cuomo was a hero. We thought Cuomo was going to be the next David Letterman, have his, his own show with Chris Cuomo. You thought he was going to take over, you're you know, you're talking about Fallon's job, Nobody you know, Kimmel's job. Point, right? You thought Newsom was going to be the president of the world, of the free world, not even U.S. He was going to be the president of, you know, New World Order <laughs> on how they were selling him. You thought, the, you know, Fauci was a doctor from another world, a level of dimensions of intelligence that we just don't have. You, you looked at everybody. 
And he said, Trump, he's got to be the worst president of all time, right? A lot of the old, worst president of all time, all these you know, things that are coming out. And then he loses the election, okay? Biden takes over, right? And then next thing you know, everybody's like, yeah, you know, this is us. And then Trump got vaccine done in nine months. And Pfizer announces the vaccine, or Moderna, or Johnson & Johnson, three days after the election, which you remember that it was literally three days after. You couldn't have done that three days before the election. You had to do it three days after. Fine, no problem, strategic, totally get it. I'm sure there was some phone calls on the back end with Pfizer having given a lot of money to CNN, MSNBC, all these other guys. Hey, wait three days before you make that announcement, even though they had it sooner. Again, pure speculation. Uh, then they saw the handling of it. Then they saw cases. Then they saw the economy. Then they saw what happened. And then America kind of sat there and said, dude, uh, maybe a part of what Trump did was right. M maybe this Fauci guy that we trusted under Trump and Biden, the problem is the same. Maybe we need to get rid of him. And maybe this governor out of Florida, dude, the guy freaking crushed it. You know, he kept people free. Everybody went through there for a massive crisis like this to happen. You know, crisis in Chinese got two meanings, right? Opportunity and danger. For a massive crisis like this to happen and for DeSantis to not capitalize today, you think 2028 is going to be the same? People forget people very quickly. People forget how Mayor Giuliani was pretty much the president when 9-11 happened. Everybody looked at Giuliani. So for me, I, I just think there's a part of it, and I know what answer you're going to give, and I respect the answer you're going to give. I'm just saying, I think the people that are sitting there watching this or the people that are saying he ought to run, uh, I don't want him to run. <laughs> I'm in Florida. I'm happy with the governor he is. But I think a lot of people that want to see him run, I think they have a right argument. And if he does have any aspirations privately, you can't disclose it to other people because we know what happens. You can probably only trust two or three people to say that to. One is your wife and maybe a couple other conciliaries, people you trust that are your counsel. But if there's ever been a time that he has to make a run for it, it's now. If he doesn't, I don't know if the opportunity will be this hot five years from now, 13 years from now, 20 years from now. Um, I just don't see that happening. That's why a lot of people who say he's got to run, I think they have a good argument for it. What do you have to say about that? Look, I hear you. I mean, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's a fair argument. I think you made some good points there. Um, but I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I mean, I'm not going to keep repeating myself. You know, um, I, I do think, though, there's one point that I wanted to go back to about Andrew Gillum, the challenger in 2018, yeah. who almost Close won. race, yeah. Very close race, 30,000, 40,000 yep. votes in a state of 22 million people. It's crazy. If that had gone the other way, which it very well might have, sure. not only would Florida be totally different, but the entire country would be. Because Florida is the first big state that really reopened and really where we have a leader who actually made the tough decisions and the tough calls first, even before many conservative governors did. Um, and they followed in his footsteps, you know, like taking away the mask mandates in the local counties, taking away the school mask mandate, making it optional for parents to decide. Like these are things that he was attacked. He was even attacked on opening schools in mm -hmm. August of 2020. Yep. He was sued by the teachers union. There were so many protests, like it was a lot of drama, but he mm -hmm. stood up and he did it. And if that, if there was no governor who would actually lead on stuff like that, we would be like China right now, I feel like. Not only Florida, but the entire country would be. Because as you were saying, I mean, Cuomo was the hero. Newsom was the hero. Governor DeSantis was the, um, the basically demonized by the press and, and during that time. 
Now he's turned out to be right on so many things. And Florida has been the control, meaning like Florida is the proof that you don't need these mandates. You don't need these lockdowns. You don't need these restrictions. Our death rate is lower than many of these lockdown and restricted states, despite the fact that we have a much older population than a lot of these states. So higher risk people. So, so essentially you're saying Florida was a case study for what works. And yeah. I agree with that. But what you just said just validated my point on why he ought to run. That just validates my or point. Or why he should stay governor. It could validate either point, Well, right? yes, but it valid. But but the but the part then becomes: what is a bigger problem? Is the I have a feeling he's a crusade type of guy. I have a feeling he loves America more than he loves Florida. Is that a pretty fair question to ask? I don't think you can say he loves Florida more. Florida is America, right? No, I no, mean, but like- but I think but but I think. To me, America is the Constitution. America is the Federalist Paper. America is not Florida. Right. Is I think I think to him, if he's a crusade guy, which I believe he is, I think he to him, you know, Florida is a job that was up there for him to take, and he took it, and he's done a great job with it. But I think for him, America matters more than Florida does. Not saying that Florida is not important. Please don't take it that way. But it's kind of like your kid and the wife. You love your kids, but man, you know, this thing was founded based on your wife, your family. There's a certain lineage to that. I think America is kind of maybe, again, selfishly, I don't want him to run. You have to understand, I'm here. I don't want the, uh, you know, uh, the the former governor that almost won by 30,000, only lost by 30,000 votes. But I'm saying case-wise, if he loves America more, America kind of is looking for someone to want to run. My only concern is the face-off between him and Trump, how ugly that's going to be. That's why I asked, does he love America more than Look, Florida? Again, there's so much. There's so many real concrete things we could talk about, so I don't know that we need to keep speculating about that. Yeah. But um, what I can say is Florida is what America should be. Florida is the ideals that America was founded on, which is individual rights, which is liberty, which is freedom, which is protection from government tyranny, right? We were founded on a revolution against government tyranny. We've been a magnet for refugees. And I know you came here as a refugee. Mm -hmm. So from all over tyrannies all over the world Mm -hmm. that came here for a better life. So it's like, you know, to say that to choose between America and Florida, I don't think it's really the right framework. I think you look at Florida under DeSantis as what America is, was, and should be. But unfortunately, some other states with these more dictatorship mm-hmm. type of policies, they are moving away from By that. the way, after this interview is over, everything you just said, go back and watch that. Because let me tell you something. Florida <laughs> never had that reputation of being the bastion of freedom and being this place where, you know, the whole country is looking at as a case example. Florida has been mocked for decades of being like this like sunny place for shady people. Florida man. Florida man. I'm sure we've got some stories with that. And this is what Ron DeSantis should run on, whether it's in 22 or 24 or 28, is that I have changed Florida's reputation. I've lived in Florida my whole life. I've never heard anybody address Florida the way that you just address Florida as being this, uh, the great hope of America. It's, it's like, I'm almost like, proud but also laughing on the inside I'm like did she really just freaking say that about florida so that is what ron DeSantis should run on and i'm not the only one you know you we were just talking about all these people moving here from new york from california from new jersey from right. Connecticut, from all these different states and why are they moving here mm-hmm. it's because that's the feeling that they have that's the impression they have of florida i have a friend i had dinner with last night she's from brooklyn she has little kids she was tired of them eating on the concrete outside of school because of the mask mandate and because they had to eat lunch out there because of COVID. Now they're living a normal life in Boca 
and they get to have a childhood and you can't put a price on that you know like that is something that just it is the number one thing for most parents wanting their kids to have a good life mm -hmm. and that this is what governor DeSantis has given people from all over the country this kind of hope he can run on that that's for sure and i know pat has has beaten the a dead horse with the trump stuff but i'll give you a different perspective and then i'm sure we can we can move on he doesn't want DeSantis to run because of you know every the great job he's done in florida uh, i actually do and i've been very open about this i do not want to see trump again at all and I'm a little disenfranchised with Biden, full disclosure. I voted for Biden, did not want Trump again. But whether it's age, whether it's persona, I think America is ready for something new, something fresh, something that can hopefully unify the country that we can get around. Yeah, maybe you didn't like Trump, but this guy is crushing Florida and he's, well, he's ready to be a unifier, potentially. So that's what I think is what is drawing this... DeSantis into the national, uh, you know, picture so much is that there's so much yearning out there. Just please not Trump again. Please let's get Biden out of there. There's so much of that, and that's why DeSantis, like for instance, in the CPAC poll, Trump had 55 percent. The only person even close was DeSantis. So the media and just normal people are latching onto someone like DeSantis as like almost like the Great White Hope. So I know, obviously, deflect. It's all good. He's not running. He has to focus on Florida. I'm just like, that's the reason why people are like, come on, bro. That's my perspective. I mean, I respect that. I respect your perspective. But I just, this this whole conflict doesn't exist right now. It exists in, in some people's minds, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not materially real. So I'm yeah. hoping we could talk yeah. about some stuff that is. Yeah, so. let's talk about CRT. Let's talk about okay. CRT. I, I think we, we kind of got an idea what the answer is going to be. And it's like a broken record, so mm -hmm. we understand. But totally understand. we get it, and we made our point, and you made your point as well. So uh, 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 Florida School District cancels real history as an anti-CRT censorship spread. The day after the Florida State Senate Education Committee passed the bill banning public schools and private businesses from making people real or feel discomfort when learning about U.S. racial history, a school district in Central Florida canceled a teacher training seminar about the civil rights movement that had been months into planning. J. Michael Butler, history professor at Flagler College in St. Augustine, planned three presentations covering historic milestones like the uh, Brown versus Board of Education decision, the March on Washington, the integration of the University of Mississippi and the Mon Montgomery bu bus boycott. To Butler, this was not just the culmination of Florida's year-long demonization uh, uh, of so-called critical race theory, but also the realization of something he warned his students about years ago. When our former president used the term fake news, I told my class to be aware of what's coming next. And that's fake history. If there's a topic that can be censored today, that means there's a precedent for the censoring of any topic in any state moving forward, and that should scare all teachers. What are your thoughts on that? Well, there's a lot to unpack there. I should start out by saying this idea that critical race theory and history is the same thing is a lie that is completely dishonest. Critical race theory is a theory. History is about facts. So we know, for example, that there was slavery in America. That, that is a fact. A sad fact is that there is also segregation after slavery. There was Jim Crow laws. There was all kinds of racist policies that have fortunately changed after the civil rights movement. And now I do believe people do have equal opportunities here. Now, say critical race theory, it's a theory based on Marxism, but basically instead of a class conflict and class as your identity group, it splits people into identity groups based on race. So it says no matter what your background is and no matter who your parents are, 
if you're born white, you're an oppressor. If you're born black, you're oppressed. And that's not, that's not, that's the opposite of what America is based on. That's the opposite of our values. The reason why so many people come here of all races from all over the world is because it is the only place in the world really that you can come and you can reinvent yourself and you can pursue what you want to do in many other countries, including where I used to live in Eastern Europe, you're kind of born into a certain family and it limits your opportunities in some way. It limits what you could do. And so I think critical race theory, it's dangerous in a diverse society as we have. Florida is a very diverse state. So to be segregating kids and telling kids that are like five to eight years old, like saying that basically making them feel that they're responsible for historical injustices is ridiculous, it's dangerous, it causes divisions when we already have a pretty divided society, we don't wanna make that worse. Um, and I should add that Florida law requires all public schools to teach facts about history, including African-American history, that's in the law, it says like there's a statute on teaching African-American history and what has to be in it. And so there are standards. First Amendment rights apply to people, they don't apply to the government. Schools are part of the government, I mean public schools, so they have to teach a certain curriculum and that curriculum is prescribed by state law. It includes facts. It includes facts about the Holocaust. It includes facts about slavery. You cannot deviate from those facts and give your own personal opinions about it based on your ideology. You have to teach what the standards are, right? And so this is number one. I, I don't like this framing of the whole article. Um, and number two, you know, telling parents that their concerns are not real, that CRT isn't really being taught in schools, or that they're just racists, maybe, and they don't want kids to learn real history. This isn't effective. We saw what happened in the Virginia governor's race. Virginia went for Biden by 10 points. A Republican won by two points. 12-point swing in one year because of this issue, in part. Education was the big mm -hmm. issue because parents of all races, by the way, were seeing what their kids are being taught, and they were horrified by it. They were shocked by it. I mean, like, and it makes sense because... You know, it's it's the absolute opposite of factual history at the end of the day, like to teach that America is founded on racism and this kind of stuff. But by, by the way, Tyler, what, what is the definition of racism? Just racist. Type in racist definition. I'm curious to know what comes up. And, and pull it up on DuckDuckGo and pull it up on Google. Uh, uh, make it right there to the left. Yeah, if you make it a little bigger. Okay, adjective, noun. A person who is prejudiced to the top right. against or antagonistic toward people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized, he has been targeted by vicious racist online. Prejudice against or antagonistic towards a person or people. Okay, got it. Uh, uh, can you go to DuckDuckGo and let you see what it says on there? So the DuckDuckGo says a, uh, is a noun. A person who a person who believes a particular particular race is superior to others. So your race is superior than somebody else's. I mean, it's a completely different definition than what's on Google. You thinking your Look race is superior right to others. Okay, so Hitler thought his race was superior to others. That's historical. Racism is a belief that groups of human possesses different behavioral traits corresponding to inherited attributes and can be divided based on the superiority of one race over another. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that going on in America today? There are racist people okay. in America as there have been throughout history. There have been racists in history. You named one, Hitler. But there have been racists in America as well. That does not mean that society is racist. That doesn't mean that our entire system is racist and needs to be destroyed and rebuilt as something else, you know? 
it means that we need to work towards marginalizing those racist voices. Like, you know, a generation ago, we had governors in the South um, who were pro-segregation, who were supported the idea that black people could not eat at the same lunch counter as white people. Fortunately, we've gotten rid of that. And that had to happen. They had to be marginalized from politics, leaders like this who would support these policies. But at the end of the day, today you don't see that anymore. Um, what you do see, though, is a different kind of racism, which is basically teaching kids that they're responsible for the crimes of their ancestors. Um, that's just wrong. And then telling kids that they are oppressed or that they're victims of a system based on their race, even if they're not, even if they have the same opportunities as anyone else. And what critical race theory is, it is basically saying that um, your race defines who you are. And we don't believe that. I mean, we believe, Governor DeSantis believes that your experiences, your <coughs> interests, your individuality defines who you are. Yeah. It's, it's not, like, collectivism is it's toxic. So I was in, uh, uh, did you have any racist friends growing up or anybody not to, to drop any names? So did you experience? This one guy, Rick, he was a piece of shit. No, no, no. <laughs> no but I mean, seriously. Like, yeah, you know? I mean, there's some, yes. Okay, so I, I did as well. I was in South Carolina in the Army, and I went out and... Uh, my dad came to see me for graduation, so we went into South Carolina. If you know South Carolina, what is capital for? Capital of South Carolina is, you know, you guys literally KK. a Confederate flag. Exactly, that's what I'm saying days. to you. So I went out. I'm like, oh wow, there's some of this taking place. Where are you from? And I was no hair at that time. I'm me bald. It's not the friendliest look I got, right? So I'm <laughs> walking around, and people are looking at me. I'm having conversation. I'm like, wow, these guys really do look at me as a threat coming from Iran. But I will tell you what concerns me about what you just said. So this weekend, uh, we went shopping in Miami with the kids. I took Tico and Dylan because sent them went to a birthday party that the boys weren't invited because you had to be three to five to go to the birthday party. And they didn't qualify because they're eight and nine. So mommy kicked us out. She went to the birthday party with babies. And I said, let's go shopping. We go to Miami. It's me, Tico, Dylan, and Sam. And uh, Tico says, Daddy, can we get some gelato? I said, uh, well, let's see how you guys are going to behave, and then we'll get some gelato. And believe me, I want some gelato myself, so I want to go get some gelato because so Daddy's going to have some gelato. Yeah, please behave. And then uh, Tico makes a comment. He says, Daddy, you're such a fun destroyer. I said, I'm a what? You're a fun destroyer. I said, no problem. I said, perfect. I said, Tico, let me teach you a lesson about life. If you tell me I'm a fun destroyer, I'm going to act like a fun destroyer because you made me believe as a father I'm a fun destroyer. So we go. Can we get gelato? No, I'm a fun destroyer. I'm committed to being a fun destroyer. So we walk. We go to Nike. I can't believe you're doing this, Daddy. I, I didn't mean it. I said, no, no, I believe it now because you said it with so much conviction. I believe I'm a fun destroyer, so I'm going to be committed for being a fun destroyer. For an hour and a half, I played the role of a fun destroyer. Make sense? You played it well. So I said to him, I said, so can you explain to me, uh, uh, do you understand why it's so powerful? I said, have you, Dylan, have you ever heard me call you a loser? No. Why? I don't know, because I'm not. Yeah, because if I call you, you believe it, because you're not a loser. I'll call you a loser. I said, if you call me a fun destroyer as a father, I think I'm a fun destroyer as a father. Maybe I become a fun destroyer as a father. Then Tico's like, oh, that's starting to make sense. I said, let's play a game together. I said, what's that? Tico, what can he say good about Dylan? What are some good things about Dylan? I think Dylan is smart. I think Dylan is this. I think Dylan is I said, Dylan, how about you about Tico? He says, well, Daddy, Tico sometimes doesn't share the games with me. I said, no, no, only good. So Dylan's trying to make an effort to say something good about his brother. They had a big fight this morning in the house, which was epic. Anyways, 
By the time it was done, I said, Tico, did my point make sense? He says, yeah, daddy, you're definitely not a fun destroyer. I said, tell me why I'm not a fun destroyer. He says, you always wrestle with us. You always do this. I say, okay. So the meaning of fun destroyer, you have to be very careful using that word because words have weight, right? They carry a lot of weight. If you tell a eight-year-old kid you're racist because of your lineage, dude, I can only imagine if somebody tells that to me 50, 40, 100 times. I'm going to start believing it. Now you're giving birth to a generation that grow up hating their own lineage. I Look, you read the Bible and see what happened to Assyrians. One of the greatest famines about Assyrians, 180-something thousand, right? God wasn't a big fan of Assyrians if you read some of the history of what they did because they thought they could be bigger than God, and they built this empire to go up there. And if you don't know the history of Assyrians, they're very interesting people, right, Assyrians? But guess what? What are we going to sit there and say? Oh, because of that, let me tell you, you are, you know, uh, you're responsible for that. No, that's what they did. But people change and we can get better. And you just have to be careful to not put me in a box that just because I'm that, I'm doing that as well. So very surprising. Virginia told us that to parents, voting for your side of the aisle is less important than voting for how your kids are raised. Exactly. That was a very big indicator. So very good point you just made well, uh, on that part. So real quick, and maybe Christina can shed some light on this. Last Friday, we had John Stossel on, right? And we spoke about mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis banning critical race theory. And he brought up a good point. He's a libertarian. That it is that it is slightly, it, it could be taken as totalitarian. You know, you're banning this. You're saying it's not allowed from the top down, et cetera, et cetera. If you put the shoe on the other foot, it could be done with something else against you. You know, it's always a shoe on the other foot test. Is it up to DeSantis to make that call? Or should he be pushing the parents to, to, to pay more attention to the school boards, to elect the right people, like what you're seeing in Loudoun County? I mean, is it up to DeSantis to make that call to ban it? Or should he let it play out uh, amongst the voters? Two things. One, First Amendment rights, which Stossel was referring to, it doesn't apply to the government. Schools are part of the government, as I said. So, like, people decide, voters decide to elect legislators. Legislators make laws. Education is enshrined in the law. Like, what kids have to be taught in school. We do have standards in Florida, state standards, that are prescribed by the law. As I was saying, African-American history is one of them. We have a law on Holocaust education that you have to teach it as it's a fact, not to say that it's a theory or it's disputed or anything like that. That would be illegal. You would lose your job if you were a teacher and you said something like that. And so we have these laws for a reason because, again, public education, it's a public good. It's provided by the government. And so kids have the right to learn facts. And so... To say that teachers should have free speech to say whatever they want in class while they're government employees, it's like saying that I, as a government employee, should be getting paid to campaign against Nikki Freed or something, which is not allowed. You know, like there are restrictions that you have as a government employee. You can speak freely in your free time, but you can't while you're on the clock and especially while you're teaching kids. You can't say whatever you want. I mean, there was a teacher here in Palm Beach, I believe, who said that the Holocaust is a theory and some people disagree that it actually happened. He was fired over it, not because he doesn't have free speech rights, but because he said it in class to his students when he's a government employee. And you can't do that. You're not entitled to express your own opinion in class if it's not um, factual and if it's not, if, if there is a law about this, about what needs to be taught. So that's one thing. The second thing is discrimination is already against the law. If you're facing discrimination at work, for example, from your employer, if you're facing discrimination in university, if you're a student and you face racial discrimination or based on gender or anything like that, you have the right to sue, right? And that's been the law for a long time. Um, 
the types of things that are being taught under the umbrella of critical race theory is discriminatory. For example, everyone has probably heard the this kind of hysterical example from Coca-Cola. They did a diversity training mm-hmm. where they said basically whiteness is bad. Try to be less white as if you can change your race. And then they said whiteness, like meritocracy and competition, it's forms of whiteness. Now, I don't believe that. I believe meritocracy means excellence and anyone from any race can have that quality. It's not it's not tied to whiteness. It's not one specific race that can only be excellent. So this type of thing, um, it is discrimination. And that's been against the law for a long time. So I don't, I don't agree with Stossel's points at all for those two reasons. And I think libertarians, I agree with them on certain things, but I think they don't know what time it is. Now with the left taking over so many institutions from business to um, schools, we need to, conservatives should use their lawful power in order to ensure that the facts are taught. Yeah, you know what my biggest challenge was, what Stossel said about that, is you can't, he says, well, let the market decide. I said, you can't move your kids' zip codes. You're controlled when it's statewide that's being taught. Let the market decide on private school. Mm -hmm. That, go for it. Open up a private school and teach critical race theory 24-7. Matter of fact, I'd love a case study. I would love for the Democrats to fund opening up schools that they teach heavy, heavy race theory in their private school. And let's see how many students pay, how many parents pay 30 grand a year for their kids to go to that school. I think it's a great system. If you think you're so right and there's a market for it, start a school with the core foundation being CRT. See if there's people that are willing to pay money for it. I I think that's a good idea. Public school is not a marketplace of ideas. And there are some parts of this state where there's no private schools. So that that, that was my challenge. But what Stossel said is he can't say, let the market Aside. You can't do that when I'm a taxpayer and you create a law. I can't compete in a market decide like it's a whole. Remember, parents used to get caught because they wanted their kid to go to the better public school and they gave the mom's address and then they got yeah, caught. It in happens the kid. all the time. It happens all the time. I'm like, dude, this you can't do that kind of stuff. Anyways, okay, let's go to a couple other stories with the time that we have here together. So criticism, COVID cases. This morning, I'm training with my trainer. Okay, and he says, "Who's on the podcast today?" I said, uh, "Press Secretary uh, uh, Pushaw." Uh, Governor DeSantis is press secretary. He says, oh, really? I said, yeah. I said, I said, let me ask you for you. What questions do you have? I said, do you know who she is? No, I don't follow politics. I said, but what question do you have for DeSantis? He says, well, I want to know how he's going to handle this COVID breakout in the state of Florida. Okay. Now, you got to realize there's people that follow stories. There's people that follow headlines. There's people that kind of see what the news says. And that's it, right, with COVID cases. Can you pull up where Florida ranks in number of cases uh, uh, a number of cases for, I don't know, let's do for period, ever. Go new, ca- and new cases, all time, right there. If you can make it a little bit bigger so the rest of us can see it. Okay, Florida, what is the number? Do they show the numbers? Uh, 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 no, you got to do Rankings ranking. Compared go to ranking. States. Go a little lower. There's a website right there. Go a little lower, a little lower, a little lower, a little lower. Uh, by states. Okay, the one that says by state. Okay, just go up. Forget about Florida. Just type in COVID cases by state. Take Florida out. COVID cases by state. You got it. By state. All right, let's go there. Go a little lower. There should be a ranking. Lower, lower, lower. Right there. Click on that and see where Florida ranks. Florida is going to be third because we're the third biggest population. I totally get that. And yeah. I want to I go to... What site would you say for him to go? Can you help him out to see what site to go to? There's a website that shows all of it. A uh, data tracker. That's the yeah, one. COVID data tracker. Uh, you just found it. Yeah, go to COVID 
COVID data tracker by state. Okay. Yeah, the CDC has a lot of information. Here we go. CDC go to. Okay. Anyway, so I, you're having a hard time finding it. Let me just ask you. So the questions with COVID cases. So the criticism people get when I go to California, I'll go to New York, I'll go to Greenwich, I'll go to different left blue states, right? They'll say, where are you from? Florida. Oh, my gosh. How are things there? Oh, my gosh. It must be really bad over there. Is it, is it pretty bad with COVID cases? I hear the hospitals are full. I hear it's just people are dying left and right. It's tragic what's going on in Florida. How are you protecting yourself? You would be amazed. How many people have an interpretation of what they think is going on in Florida? So what would you say about the handling of COVID cases in Florida, and what are some data you can share with the audience? I would say, number one, cases are not the most serious metric to be focused on because a lot of cases, particularly among people who were vaccinated or people who are just in lower risk groups, the case might just be a positive test. You might not even be sick necessarily, or you might have like a slight cold or something. So what we've kind of focused on more is preventing hospitalizations. So helping the most vulnerable people who are actually vulnerable to severe outcomes. So if you look at the data, I mean, I think the most important data point to look at is deaths over time since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, why? Because obviously, we want to save lives. So New York's deaths per capita is higher than Florida's, despite the fact that New York has so many restrictions and Florida does not, and our population is older than New York's on average. So we have a higher risk population. For all states, Florida is, I think, number 17 or 18 in terms of number of deaths, which is a little bit higher than average. But again, considering how old our population is, if you adjust for the age, it's lower. and considering the fact that so many of those states that are higher than us in deaths had these restrictions, I think it just goes to show you, like, there's no real, so that's a good chart. There's no real reason um, to say that these restrictions actually worked. And so I think that's the thing. I think when you're talking to people from other states who have heard this narrative in the media, the media has pushed it because they don't want people to see that everything is fine in Florida and to see that we're actually doing better than a lot of the restrictive states and the mandate states. Why? Because Got for it. whatever reason, media supports the restrictions more. Okay, go to, I just found it. Go to World, uh, okay, I'm just going to send you this link. It's World uh, World Ometers. World. That's a good one. That's the one. If you go to World Ometers and go down and make it a little bit bigger so the audience can see. Keep going down, down, down. Let's see if the states shows up. So when I'm looking at, I'm seeing the states. There we go. Okay, so uh, by cases, go total cases. Uh, make it bigger, make it bigger, make it bigger. Okay, so Florida is number three. Okay, California's got 7.67 million. Uh, Texas got 6 million cases. Florida's got 5.395. So if, if that number is the way it is, Florida should also be ranked third in a number of people that have died due to COVID. So can you go to total Deaths uh, that we've had go to total deaths and let's see where it ranks there. It is, yeah. Okay, so it's third as well. Wait, no, it, it, it really should be total deaths by a hundred thousand people. That's how, that's right per capita. Per capita. So yeah, that's exactly. So per capita, it's ranked seventeenth or eighteenth. Wow. We, yeah. We've been literally yeah. middle of the pack the entire. So then, so then here's a question. Here's a question because because go to that link I just sent you, Tyler. There's another good because if a, if a if a if a Nikki who's running for governor, is talking about how, you know, DeSantis running this place like a dictator, okay? It, 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 and you have Newsom 
and you have Cuomo, you have New York, you have Illinois, who everything's been mandate, mandate, mandate. How is it that Florida's, you know, number of deaths, knowing this is a retirement uh, state, this is where people come to Panama City to retire, yeah. people come to Palm Beach, people come to places to like that to retire. Yeah, the villages. So how, why do you think, what were some things DeSantis did or the state of Florida did where the death per capita isn't third place, where the number of cases is third place in uh, for Florida? I mean, it's a great question. I think, number one, all of these restrictions that were trotted out, like from the lockdowns to the vaccine mandates, mask mandates, none of that stuff was proven to work. This is the first, like we've had pandemics before in our lifetimes, the last one being H1N1 in the 2000s, and nobody ever talked about a mask mandate. Like it just, it wasn't on the radar. And so like, for, for whatever reason, all these new things were introduced in the last couple of years with COVID, but they haven't made a difference. Now, as far as what DeSantis has actually done though, he has focused on, well, one, he reads the research. He talks to different doctors like Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford, Martin Kuldorf from Harvard, like doctors who, who know their stuff, but they have a little bit of a different perspective from the overarching narrative. And also, if you know our Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, he just recently joined from UCLA, um, brilliant guy, Harvard MD, PhD, and he has said the same thing. You know, the restrictions haven't worked. We should be focusing on overall health of the population and um, taking care of the people that actually are vulnerable to serious outcomes. Statistically, that's older people. So Governor DeSantis, when the vaccines became available, prioritized seniors, 65 and older. The CDC was saying you should prioritize frontline workers, but that could be 20-year-olds. And he's like, well, you know, they're, they're not at as much risk, and that's just a fact, so we're giving it to seniors. CDC later updated its guidelines. Next thing, he promoted treatments and still does. Monoclonal antibody treatments saved thousands of lives. When the Delta surge was hitting Florida mm -hmm. very hard in summer, we really, I think Governor DeSantis really pioneered that, like opening all the state treatment sites, 25 sites around the state where you can make an appointment as soon as you test positive, go and get the treatment, no prescription needed. And it kept a lot of folks out of the hospital. So they, they would have had to go to the hospital if they wouldn't have gotten that outpatient treatment. But they, they didn't have to, be, thanks to this. And so now other states are doing it. The Biden administration has not supported this. They actually just yesterday pulled two of the monoclonal antibodies off the market without showing us the data saying that they say it's not effective against Omicron, but they haven't shown us any data on that. So it's very weird. But, um, but yeah, that's where the governors stood apart. I think that's why our death rate is lower than many of these lockdown states like New York, for example, or New Jersey or Rhode Island, because we have focused on protecting the vulnerable and focused on treatment. How, how, how is, how is uh, Governor DeSantis' relationship with Anthony Fauci? <laughs> Are they like, do, do they go to dinner together? Do they text each other? Do they play Scrabble? I'm just curious. You've got to be kidding. So he, yeah. um, he has said that Fauci has been the most destructive influence on our country during this throughout the pandemic, frankly. And actually, about a week ago, it's funny you should ask, because a week ago, his campaign, DeSantis's campaign released, um, they put out merchandise all the time that you can buy to support the campaign. They released a pair of flip-flops that are Fauci flip-flops, because he <laughs> flip-flops on so can many things. That? And then, like, he had... That's not a new thing. The yeah. flip-flops have been out there. I think uh, George Bush almost got hit by a flip-flop at one point <laughs> Yeah, but... But you can see them, and so they're pretty fun. Yeah. And then, like, earlier this summer, he had a beer koozie that said, Don't Fauci my Florida. Mm -hmm. So there you go. So it says, Pound Sand, Fauci. Like, so you could see that um, 
I wouldn't say they have a good relationship, but why should they? Because Fauci has been fighting Florida every step of the way. He's been a, he was against reopening. He was against opening beaches, and we know beaches are not dangerous in terms of what, COVID spread. Let me let me ask you: If DeSantis was president today, like maybe you guys have had the discussion, he's a strong leader. How we how would he have handled Fauci? You know, he he said something. One of the comments I'll read about what he said about. Uh, 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 he said, it's on page six, let me read this to you, and then I'll go to the Fauci side, where he said, uh, DeSantis regrets not speaking out much louder against Trump's recommendation to stay home. This is a CNN story. Florida Governor DeSantis said one of the biggest regrets in office was not speaking out much louder in March 2020, when uh, former President Donald Trump advised the nation to stay home to slow the fast spread of coronavirus. DeSantis blamed people like Anthony Fauci for advising Trump to consider a shutdown. Fauci, the country's top infectious disease expert, was part of the coronavirus response team that was led by Vice President Mike Pence and included other public health experts. But the decision was uh, Trump's to make, and DeSantis ultimately followed the White House lead, closing Florida schools, governing uh, government buildings, gyms, bars, and restaurant dining rooms, and advising Floridians to stay home. So that's a direct shot at Trump and Fauci. But if if Governor DeSantis was the president today, if he was, how, how do you think he would have handled Fauci? What, what, what would that relationship with Fauci be? Would he have been fired? What would he have done with Fauci? I'm curious. Well, you know, hindsight is always 2020. So if we were looking back at March 2020, April 2020, during the very beginning of COVID when nobody really knew what this virus would do or we didn't have any information about it, of course, a lot of politicians, Governor DeSantis included, they made policies out of an abundance of caution, I think. But I think what DeSantis has done um, which is unique for a politician to do, is he looked back on what happened in April and the stay-at-home order for that month, and he said that was a mistake. If I had known then what I know now about COVID and about how it spreads and about the risks, I would not have issued that order. We would not have closed anything. No, pol- I mean, it's so rare to hear a politician just admit that. And so DeSantis has ruled out any future lockdowns, even when we had a case surge recently. It's going down now, but we did have a surge with Omicron like mm-hmm. every state had. Yep. Um, and, you know, that was never on the radar, the idea of closing things. As far as your question about Fauci in particular, well, I want to back up the interview that you're referring to where Trump, where he mentioned um Fauci and, you know, CNN framed it as though it was an attack on Trump. It wasn't. He didn't mention Trump. He mentioned Fauci by name. And he clearly, if you listen to the context of that interview on the Ruthless podcast, he clearly put the blame on Fauci for this idea that lockdowns would work to control the spread. And, um, you know, I think, though, let's say, you know, one day Governor DeSantis is president and Fauci is still around. And again, like I said, I don't know what he's going to do, but Fauci would be 83. I mean, so, you know. I mean, he seems when, like he's... When DeSantis, if DeSantis was president, he would be 83. He seems like he's still um, he's still pretty energetic and obviously has a huge role in the Biden administration, a very negative role, but he has a lot of power. So seems to, um, you know, as old as he is, still has... He's still sharp. Um, I would say as a civil servant, it, you're limited in terms of what you can do in terms of firing civil servants. But I think there's a way to do... Because Fauci lied... To Congress, we know that like he testified to Congress something that wasn't true. So that is a reason, a legal reason to remove him from his position. Um, if it were March 2020, before all of that happened, before the congressional testimony, before any of this, and you see that Fauci is 
an activist and he screwed up i mean earlier with the aids crisis when hiv first started mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like he had a long history of basically failures and so if you know that and you want to sideline him you can sideline him give him something to do that has nothing to do with the covid response and work with people like Scott Atlas, Jay Bhattacharya, and these different doctors who kind of are looking at the evidence and have different ideas, you know? And so I think Trump did, when he was president, he did actually try to seek out those views. But he was really being pushed from all sides, whether from Fauci, Burks, from the press, from Biden, from so many people, you know, basically blaming him unfairly, I believe, for all the COVID deaths that happened under his presidency. Now we see Biden... Biden's presidency, we've seen more people die than died under Trump. Nobody blames Biden directly for that. And I don't believe they should, because I don't believe that it's any president's fault. Maybe the president of China. I mean, if we want to blame somebody. But like, um, you know, I so I think I wouldn't say that anyone would get everything right. Nobody's gotten everything right throughout the entire pandemic. But I do think Governor DeSantis's approach is to look at the data, see what it's showing him and make a decision based off of that. If yeah. um Question for you. You said hindsight is twenty twenty. I think we can all agree that, you know, March of 20, you know, March, April, that first initial wave when we didn't know what the hell was going on, people are wearing masks for the first time ever. There's a different perspective now. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, so I think I, I'll just read you a quote, but it, it's basically I'll just summarize it. It's not just a health crisis. We're also dealing with an economic crisis. Business is <laughs> shutting down. Physical health crisis, mental health crisis. We're talking about like that. Like there's a famous quote that war is too important to be left to just the generals so essentially you know this pandemic is too important to be left to just the scientists the fauci's of the world so you need businessmen and operators and entrepreneurs are saying well yeah i get it shutting down might you know stop the spread but what happens to all these businesses what happens to people sitting at home you know not exercising not getting out so i essentially ultimately my question is if you can summarize DeSantis's view of how to handle COVID in as few words as possible, what would that be? Keep people informed about the realities, about what the data says, and let them make their own decisions and respect those. I think you made a great point. I think you know there was tunnel vision in this country, still mm-hmm. is to some extent in some places, where people would just listen to Fauci or whichever of the doctors is on CNN is saying that we need to do this and that. But they're not taking into account the other effects about the economy, it's tied to health, right? If you lose your job, if you lose your business, your health deteriorates because of that. Maybe not directly, but indirectly, it's stress, it's mental health. Kids who were locked out of school for a year and a half are now in places like California, they're now seeing spikes in psychiatric inpatient um, treatment for kids, which is so sad because kids are not at high risk, um, you know, of the virus, but they are at high risk of depression. They are at high risk of suicide. Even like it's 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 so terrible that we didn't like a lot of the um, scientific community, mostly led by Fauci, didn't really take this into account. They're focused on just COVID. They don't think of the other health risks. Um, that are tied to the economy, that are tied to keeping things open and living a normal life. Um, And so I think it's all about balance. And Governor DeSantis believes that as well. Balancing um, all these different concerns, economic and health-wise, to keep society functioning and doing the least amount of of damage. You know, it's interesting you're saying that because she just said to Business Insider, Saki says Biden doesn't look at the stock market or to judge how well the economy is doing, unlike Trump. 
That's what she said, okay? So White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki reacted to the drop by the U.S. stock market on Monday, saying President Biden doesn't solely rely on the stock market. Two says how well the economy is doing. Does the president think it's a big deal that today's Dow Jones is down at one point more than 1,100 points? Fox News reporter Peter Ducey asked Saki during a press briefing. She responded, on the trends in the economy, not any one day and any single indicator. She then uh, swiped at uh, former President Trump's approach to the stock market. Throughout his term, Trump would regularly not uh, tout the performance of the stock market, often to credit whenever the market experienced major gains. Unlike his pre- predecessor, the president does not look at the stock market as a means to judge the economy. I would not that the market is up 15% compared to when the President Biden took office. I would note that it's up. Anyways, I think uh, you know what people feel as a direct impact is the economy. That's what they feel. Yeah. The average person feels the economy. So I think for somebody to say that, if Dow hits thirteen thousand, is he going to say, "Yeah, it's, that's not how you judge, uh, you know, how things are"? No, I think the average person is going to be like, "Listen, man, I, I'm, I just lost money. Yeah, I just lost my retirement." Uh, you made you made another point on what you were talking about. I want to kind of go through it in regards to Ukraine because that is a part where you you have experience and have worked in Georgia and Ukraine. Um, a few stories came out. One of them is NATO ships. So let's go through the one with NATO ships on page five. Uh, NATO sends ships fighter jets to Eastern Europe as Russia tensions uh, simmer. This is a political story. NATO announced on Monday that European allies were deploying added ships and fighter jets to Eastern Europe and putting new forces on standby in response to Russia's continued military mobilization along the Ukrainian border. NATO's announcement comes uh, amid reports that senior Pentagon officials on Saturday presented U.S. President Biden with options for adopting a more aggressive uh, posture towards Russia that would include deploying additional military forces and equipment to Eastern Europe. While Ukraine is not an ally, NATO countries have threatened severe sanctions in response to any attack, and Secretary General Jens uh, Stolzenberg has said that the alliance will move quickly and forcefully to protect its members, including the small Baltic nations, under Article 5, the Collective Defense Clause in the NATO Treaty. How concerned are you with what's going on over there right now? I mean, it's obviously alarming. And I would just point out, like, it's remarkable how Russia annexed part of Ukraine, Crimean Peninsula, Mm -hmm. under Obama. Biden was vice president. He was the point guy on Ukraine. He visited 17 times, I think, during um, his vice presidency. Then Trump gets into office. Then for four years, we didn't have any more incursions into Ukraine. Putin was not pushing. I mean, they kept the Crimea, but they weren't, like, trying to gain more ground. Now, suddenly, a year after Biden takes office, Putin is back. And he is, I mean, by all accounts, like he is serious. He does want to make this um, incursion, whether it's like a conventional invasion, I don't know. But there are other things that can be done that are acts of war, like hybrid war, sending in like they did with Crimea, like Mm -hmm. unmarked troops, basically um, cyber attacks, like different types of things they can do to Ukraine. And so the question is, like, why does the aggression surge under Obama and Biden, but not under Trump, you know, and I think, you know, one of those three presidents was called a Russian agent. So I think it's just absurd when you look at it, the the two presidents where Russia has gained power were both Democrats, right? And like um, Trump, the one that they, they made up all these Russia stories about was was one where during his presidency, Ukraine was in a safer position by far than it is now. Now, going to NATO, I mean, um, 
So NATO, it's interesting because what Trump said about NATO when he was first running for president was that they need to pay their fair share. There are a lot of countries in NATO that do not pay the 2% of the GDP towards defense, which is required um, by the alliance. And he was right, frankly. We see Germany, for example, they don't pay that 2% and they rely on Russia for natural gas for their population. So it's like they have a lot of dealings with Russia that makes them unable to or unwilling to come to the defense of an ally. Ukraine is not a NATO ally, though. So like if Russia invades Ukraine, it doesn't trigger that Article 5, which is like means collective defense that all the NATO allies have to come to their defense. It doesn't mean that nobody will. It just means it's not required um, by the treaty. Yeah, another Daily Wire came out saying Biden slammed over reports he can't evacuate U.S. citizens out of Ukraine. Criminally incompetent new reports indicate that the Biden administration has ordered families of all American personnel at U.S. Embassy in Ukraine to immediately leave the country. He's warned U.S. citizens in the country that will be unable to evacuate and is considering sending U.S. military forces to Eastern Europe. Given that the president has said military actions by Russia could come out at any time, the U.S. government will not be in position to evacuate U.S. citizens. Biden State Department said so and so. U.S. citizens currently present in, U- in Ukraine should plan accordingly. What does this really mean? Because the continue to say Monica Crowley, former Trump official, says Biden Harris is still cool with abandoning Americans in war zones. Holy crap, it's August all over again. I mean, frankly, that was my first reaction when I saw this, too, because we all remember what happened in Afghanistan, this horrible tragedy that happened a few months ago in summer um, when Americans were stranded, when hundreds, I mean, we don't even know how many Afghan civilians were killed at that airport bombing. We lost 13 American service members Mm -hmm. at that bombing. And so these images and what we saw there during this botched and just horrific withdrawal from Afghanistan that was botched in every way, um, this is all it's fresh in our minds. So when we hear the same types of rhetoric coming out, like that Americans need to leave, you can arrange your own transportation out of Ukraine, that does bring back deja vu. It brings back that very traumatic memory recently of what happened in Afghanistan. And, you know, I, I truly hope, like Ukraine is different from Afghanistan. I truly hope we don't see a repeat um, of what we saw over there. But it is worrisome that it seems like Biden has left Putin in the driver's seat. Like, it's up to Russia whether they invade or not. We're, we're, we just want to get out. Like, no, it should be, if, if we want to be a world power, we should say we're not going to tolerate. You don't think Putin is intimidated by Biden? I, I don't believe so, You don't no. think so? I mean, why would he be? If he were intimidated by Biden, he wouldn't be he wouldn't be doing what he's doing today. I mean, he sounds like a pretty intimidating guy. What he said to Peter Ducey yesterday, right? Yeah. The question was asked. Did you hear what he said to Peter Ducey? If you want to pull that up, uh, matter of fact, just play it, uh, David. If you can turn it over so we can sh- show the video uh, when Peter Ducey asked the question. If you can make that bigger somehow, uh, Control Plus, and an audio would be very helpful, Tyler. Most people can't. Yeah, go back to the game. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. So how bad is that, by the way? Is that, is that like, Adam, to you? You hear that. Does that do anything to you? Or you're like, I can't believe he said that. Uh, that's not a pro or a con to me. I mean, it's like, okay, good for you. Got it. So I, you, I mean, Trump has said worse on a hot mic loudly. So you, you, I mean, but this is the thing though. You know, you voted for Biden. A lot of people who voted for Biden, I'm not making assumptions about your mm-hmm. reasons, but a lot of people said it's because Trump's not civil enough. He doesn't act presidential. He says stuff like that. And so when Biden says the same thing, you know, I think 
it should be condemned the same way, but it's not really. If you had a track record of doing that to reporters and calling the you know media fake news and literally encouraging people to fight each other, yeah, okay, yes, let's lampoon on on Biden. He kind of was like, oh, I mean, who doesn't talk like that? Every, I, mean, I mean, if someone pisses you off, okay, if like, someone pisses you off, like regardless of who you are, you stupid. But you know what would happen if, let's say, if Governor DeSantis, he has a press conference today, and if he said something like that to a reporter, yeah. the media would go insane. Like, you might not. I'm not saying you yeah, would. But, I wouldn't. But, but, you know, it would be like a nuclear meltdown from CNN and from I, You know, I, I hear like, what you're saying. You know, fool me once, you know, shame on you, fool me twice. If this starts to being a reoccurring theme that Biden is just this foul been, mouth. But it happened mood. last week as well. Yeah, but most of the time yeah. he's calling you like a foul mouth, pony face dog. <laughs> like, can I tell you something? Like can I tell you something? Uh, names me, from like the let 1940s. Me ask you, mm-hmm. Let me ask you, who seems uh, uh, that they're angrier, Trump or Biden? Angry. Right now? No, 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 no. Just period. Who's go to go to Trump? His, Trump I mean, they would ask him questions. No, man. no. Was he angry? Was he competitive? Was he a troll? Because Biden just seems angry. I, he, I will give you that. Yeah, he I, seems I, angry. He seems like he's bitter. I'm like, buddy. Nobody just go was fighting some than Trump. Sudoku I, don't, I think something. Trump is in a whole other atmosphere. Yeah. But clearly, Biden's poll numbers are are. are in, in the gutter. Yeah. He's not exactly having a great week or a great month or a great way to start the year. So he's a little feisty. You know what? I show a little backbone and call somebody a son of a bitch. I'm okay with that, uh, Sleepy Joe. Yeah. Wake up. I will, I will tell you what happened yesterday, right afterwards. So Peter Ducey goes on Fox, and he tells him how it was and what happened because he didn't know what he said back to him. He couldn't hear him. He thought he said SOB. says, no, they said the whole thing, and then... You know, they're talking about that would be a great title for a book. You know, stupid son of a... Can you imagine that title for a book? That'd be a great uh, title for a book. But he says later on, Biden called him. Biden called him and he says nothing. Yeah. He says, I just got a call from Biden on my cell. And he said, hey, nothing personal, pal. That's what he said. He said, I nothing. respect that. I do too. I like that, to be honest with the you. The fact I, that he called the up the reporter called, and said, hey, buddy. He said nothing personal. And then he said afterwards, he said... Uh, President Biden, you just have to know, I'm going to ask the questions that others are not willing to ask you. And Respect. Biden said, and you should. Yeah. So credit to Biden for actually doing that. Do you think that. Biden loves America? A, a different kind of America. Not the same America that uh, maybe you love. Not the same America that I love. I don't think he loves what, the same What type of America do you think Biden likes? I think uh, the, there is... Look, she said something very important at the beginning. She said, the reason why it's easy for me to represent um, um, DeSantis is because I agree on everything he talks about. That's not easy to do, by the way, right? I mean, you have to know you represent somebody like, I don't know if I agree with what you said, right? Let me tell you what President Trump Trump was really trying to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's challenging to Mm -hmm. be a press secretary for somebody like Trump because Trump is very what? Unpredictable, right? Where DeSantis is very predictable, Right. Do I sit there and think he loves uh, uh, America? I don't. I don't know if he loves America. I think he's so. You don't think Biden loves America? I, I don't think Biden loves the freedom of speech. I don't think Biden loves you having the choice to do what you want to do in every possible way. I think Biden loves Democrats. I don't think Biden loves America. This is why I asked the question from her on. Uh, who does DeSantis love more, Florida or America? That's a pointed question. 
because if you love America, America kind of needs a president like him where he's calm, collected, family guy, go run, do your thing, and go back to your family, spend time with your wife and kids. I think he's more his political party over America, which is left and right. I think DeSantis is more for those who believe in what America was founded on, freedom, leave me alone, a little bit of a, a free enterprise, free market capitalism. I think you can make a decision for yourself where I think he thinks the government can make better decisions for you than you can make for yourself. That's what I mean, that his America is a different America than my you're America. Saying, you're saying he believes in America, but with a little bit more uh, government uh, overreach. Like, like it's saying, does that, does that parent love his kids? I think he loves his kids, but his method of raising his kids is too much control. I don't believe in too much. think he's too much of a micromanager? I, I don't think he has any idea what's going on today. I just think he thinks he knows what's best for you over you know what's best hey, for Christina, you. Christina, do you have yeah. strong feelings on this? Do you think I Biden mean, loves America? Do you think he's in his right mind doing the best job he can do for America? What are your thoughts? I mean, to be honest, he's been in politics for 50 years, right? I mean, so he's been in Washington, D.C., in that bubble, and it really is a bubble, you know, when you're an elected official there in Congress and the Senate and the vice president, and he's just been in this world that most Americans do not live in. It's a very different world. And I think he he believes he's doing the right things. I think he believes that he, he loves America, but he doesn't love the individual liberties aspect that our country was founded on, I don't think. I, I tend to agree that um, that he believes big government is the solution to everything. And perhaps that's because he's been in government for his whole career. I mean, like, mm -hmm. look, when you've been in Washington, D.C., and that's been your entire life, and he hasn't owned a business, you know, like he hasn't um, dealt with the same types of things that American families deal with every day. He just has a different kind of life. Um, then that's maybe why his perspective is is so different um, from somebody who, let's say, who was a business owner before, like Trump, or somebody who comes from a more middle class or working class background, like DeSantis, and just knows what, like, lives in a different state and knows what people in our state are dealing with. So Yeah, I don't know why. So do you think he loves America? Uh, yeah, I do think he loves America. Do you think I, Trump loves America? I do think Trump loves America. Do you think... Uh, I, think I think... Do you think Bernie Sanders loves America? I think... Uh, I do think Bernie Sanders loves America less than those two. Uh, you think AOC loves America? I do. I just think she's got a different interpretation yeah, of what so she So we're saying like. the same thing. So, so that's but exactly that's, what we're saying. Yeah, you, can, so, you can love the country but have a different vision. No, no, no. Then No, no. That's not how this thing works. But you're, you're systemically wanting this great country to change. You mm -hmm. systemically don't... You don't like what the foundation of what this country was like. Well, built do you on. think FDR loved America? Do I? Because he got a lot of heat after the New Deal about Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid I, and I, big I, government. I, but, 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 and now everyone loves that. Yeah, no, no. I everybody loves what? I mean, those systems. Uh, you doubt any seniors or old people or sick people are trying to not have Social Security. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. I'm now, just putting now, a different now, perspective. Now you're, out there. you're going in a completely I went different direction. Give the whole story in the context, yeah. because first of all, when he came out with Social Security. Do you mm -hmm. know how many people used Social Security the first year when he came out with Social Security? Well, there weren't that many old people at that point. That's so, the point. Yeah. So it wasn't a big deal. Well, so to, I'm, there's no doubt Social Security is a mess no, right no, now. FD, Social FD, Security way, kicks in at 62 and people are living the 92. FDR isn't as bad as the right painting up, uh, out to be and isn't as great as the left paints him out to be. Mm -hmm. So to me, FDR, a lot of them say, like, oh my gosh, they say bad things about FDR. And you're looking, it's like, he raised minimum wage one time. I think Obama raised minimum wage four times. 
He raised it, and Obama only raised it one time. Do you know who raised minimum wage the most times? Like, he raised it to 25 cents. He just said 25 cents is what the minimum wage ought to be. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, kind of went after Ford because Ford was essentially having their average employee working 70 hours a week. I think that's also a little bit of use. By not choice, that's W-2, not 1099, it's not sales. But I will tell you this in regards to uh, Biden. When, when you're in a bubble for too long, I run sales organizations, you know what I do. So I'll talk to my sales leaders, and a sales leader will ask me and say, hey, Pat, man, how do you deal with these guys that are just making 15 bucks an hour? Man, you're trying to get these guys to realize you got to work hard. You got to have your dreams become a reality, and da-da-da-da-da. Man, why do people have such bad hours? I just have a hard time talking to these people sometimes. It's a very big red flag. Very, very big red flag. Why? The moment you lose the ability to understand what you were like when you sucked at one point, you lose the vote. The, the moment you forget about the pains of what it was to be broke, you lose the vote. The moment you forget about what it is to be a small business owner, if you've never experienced it, dude, you, I understand the pain of a small business owner. I understand the pain of a kid that's coming up that wants to do something good with their lives and they got bad habits. I understand what it is to be in a bubble of nightclubs and you're stuck in it and you just can't wait to leave it because, but at the same time, you're like, dude, but I miss that nightlife. It's a bubble. We, everybody, if you get too caught up in the bubble that you're in, mm-hmm. you're blindsided by reality. We all will go through it. I just think he's in a state where he's so blindsided. I don't know how many core, to the core beliefs he has that he's presenting. I think it's a lot of me too core beliefs. I think AOC has core beliefs. I think Sanders has core beliefs. I think Trump has core beliefs. I think Obama has core beliefs. I think those guys, DeSantis core beliefs, Trump core beliefs. I, I don't see a DeSantis as core beliefs. Oh, I think, you mean Biden? I, I don't, I'm sorry, my apologies. I don't see Biden as core <laughs> beliefs. She was about to jump out of her seat. No, no, no. <laughs> I, don't see, I don't see Biden as core beliefs. I think Understood. he's been in it for so long that he's just kind of like, yeah, uh, I'm a Democrat. We should do this. Oh, you guys are changing? Yeah, we should do it. I think it's too much about, you know, the whole flip flopping thing. No, you got to have okay. a backbone. You got to stand up and you got to get some people to get upset about your. So, you know, hey, here's what I believe. This is what we need to do. This is what it was founded on. Hmm. So, yeah, he, I think he loves a different America. Anyways, um, really enjoyed having you on. Okay. Likewise, yeah, it was a great conversation. Really enjoyed having you on. Uh, uh, I have one last question for Christina, if it's okay. Here we go. You know, I went to school at Florida State, I lived in Tallahassee for four years. How are you like in Tallahassee? Man, it's a big difference from, from L.A. and Washington, yeah, D.C. Like, it's totally a, different, It's right? a culture shock. I mean, yeah. when I came down there, I didn't have a car. I hadn't driven in D.C. in four years because, like, you don't need no it car. there. Hey, yeah, so I came down, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Like, I immediately, that's, yeah. like, the first thing I ran out, got a license. It took me a while to get a got car. Got a license? You didn't have a license? I didn't even have a license. Wow. I, because, I mean, I did from California, but it was expired. So I went, yeah. and I got that. And then it took me months to find a car because of the shortages and all of this oh, stuff. Yeah. And so... So that was kind of my introduction. But now I feel like I've come to appreciate Tallahassee more, number one, because we have an Mm -hmm. awesome team at the governor's office. Like, I love my coworkers. We have a lot of fun. And they're all good people. Like, they're all mission-driven, meaning, like, it's not most political jobs. It's kind of a lot of personalities competing with each other. But with our team, it's it's like we're all working for the bigger goal. We have a bigger vision in mind. So, like, that helps a lot. It's it's a very unique kind of situation there. And I think it really reflects on DeSantis as a good leader. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, exploring 
that part of Florida, um, mm-hmm. even though Tallahassee might not be much to look at, there are some beautiful parts of Florida, like a short drive away. You can do a day trip you into like Destin, the Panhandle you beaches. The Panhandle, yeah. You do all that. Yeah. And I never knew much about that part of the state. I'd been to Miami before. Like a lot of people from DC go on vacation mm-hmm. in Miami, like AOC. Um, so I, I knew South Miami. Florida yeah. a little bit more. Well, but do like, me a favor. Then, yeah. Next time you go out in Tallahassee, I assume sometimes you go out and have a good time. Sometimes sure. you do. Maybe you go to this place called Pot Bellies. It's a nice time. You have a good time. But the next time, you know about that? Okay. So here's my request. There's a restaurant called Guthrie's. You ever okay. heard of it? No. You get one of these gut boxes. They're amazing. It has like this sauce that it's like addictive. Next time you come down to here to South Florida, you get some Guthrie's. You bring it down. You'll thank me later. Okay? Do you All remember right. This? I'll remember that. Okay. Guthrie's. By the okay. way, I officially know for a fact you're his hero when you said you haven't driven for four <laughs> years because Adam. Ten years. You know, uh, we've sent, uh, uh, I don't know how many emails we've sent to the go- Governor DeSantis' office, if you received it or not, to revoke his driver's license. <laughs> Florida is safer without him driving. If you're listening around the Santa's, yeah, please if don't you're do listening, that. please revoke his license. We're begging you. It is a uh, extreme uh, catastrophic situation yes. here. And if Governor DeSantis is ever in South Florida to Fort Lauderdale, we'd love to host him on the podcast. If he's ever in Fort Lauderdale, we'd love to have a conversation with him. But having said that, thank you for coming out. Thank you. Appreciate you, folks. We will do this again, I believe, on Thursday. We don't have... Po- oh, shoot. Tuesday. We do not have... Yeah. A well, you have, a, you have a small event coming up on We Thursday. have a small event, SLS at Miami, a sales leadership seminar for those of you guys that are in that space and you want to attend it. I think we got to handle it. It's a small event. We don't do the vault big event. Uh, if you want to have somebody reach out to you and you're a sales leader doing over a million dollars, you have to be qualified to go to this, send us a message. We'll have one of our guys contact you. Maybe put the link below for people to be able to find. Having said that... We will do podcasts again. Is it next Tuesday, next Tyler? Next Tuesday. So we're off the entire week this week. I Folks, mean, we're going to be in Miami we'll doing business. We'll miss you. We'll miss you because we did three times last week. That's true. Once this week. We'll see you next Tuesday. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.